coming to you, undead from the crypt. This is Adelaide Horror Podcast with Zombie Joe. <laughs> can be an achiever. If you did your job a little better today than you did yesterday, you've done something to help make SA great. Put all our achievements together and there's no telling how great this state can be. Hi and welcome to the Adelaide Horror Podcast. This is your host Zombie Joe and today's episode is 16 and it is the South Aussie Horror Special because today is the one year anniversary of the Adelaide Horror Podcast. Way back at the start of last year, uh, I started to upload the original episodes of the Adelaide Horror Podcast. Um, I've, to quote Moby, I've come a long way, baby, <laughs> in between that time. And so my episodes weren't as massive and weren't as long. Uh, the original episodes were very long. I think one movie was almost like a three-parter uh, on, on YouTube. Um, and, uh, yeah, kind of a learning curve. I went, yeah, okay, people are not going to want to look at this potato head for three episodes and, and while I talk about a, a horror film. So a kind of learning progression, learned to slim down the episodes a bit. So, you know, I got there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, when I came to looking at what movies I wanted to review for this movie, uh, for this episode, it was quite, um, quite happy, like, for me to, to achieve something for this long, uh, that was really good, and like I said, it's been a fun learning curve, enjoying learning as I go along, and like I said, I'm no Joe Rogan, but, you know, I'm... I'm getting there, um, but I enjoy doing it. So that's the that's the main thing. Um, so I'm going to be reviewing uh, movies that were filmed here in South Australia. They were horror films. So that's Cut, 2000, starring Molly Ringwald and a cameo from Kylie Minogue. And also I'm going to be reviewing uh, The Babadook uh, from 2014. I'm also going to give a horrible mention to a 2017 film called Cargo, uh, and that's a zombie film that was filmed uh, in the um, not the outback South Australia, but like in the in the country uh, regions of South Australia. So cool, because it is a South Australian um, episode. Uh, we have um, a strong connection. I have too a lot of respect for the original owners of of this uh, Adelaide region. So I have got a acknowledgement to country for the Ghana people. Um, with this, before I start the episode, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional lands of the Ghana people, and that we respect their spiritual relationship with the with their country. We also acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region and that their cultural and heritage beliefs are still important to the living Ghana people today. So thank you and uh, I'm just paying my respects to the uh, traditional owners of the Adelaide area, which are the Ghana people. So if you're not, if you're from overseas, you're not familiar with um, Aboriginal culture, 
uh, I encourage you to, to Google that and do a lot of research. It's a, they're a, a phenomenal group of people. Um, very ancient culture, very um, interesting culture to, to learn about as well. Um, and yeah, so please take the time if you're, like I said, if you're not familiar um, with uh, Indigenous Australians, please take the time to research and, and educate yourself and, and get familiar with a, with a phenomenal race of people. Cool. So like I said, because it's South Aussie, um, and it's the South Aussie horror episode. I'm going to be looking at horror films that were seen. Now, doing that, I found some interesting stuff. One interesting little factoid that I came out with was, and I did not know this, um, we've got an amazing coastline uh, in, in South Australia. Our waters are gorgeous. You know, we've got this phenomenal situation where we've got the Adelaide Hills behind us, Flat Plains is where the city is, our suburbs, and then bang, there's the beach. So we're, we're doing pretty good. We're in a really good allocation. Along our coastline, uh, we have the thing, we've got a place called Spencer's Gulf, and in there there's, a, there's an area called Danger Reef, the Dangerous Reef, and that in 1974, a group of people went out, a filming crew, grabbed some chum, chucked it in the water, thrashed it around, encouraged some great white sharks to come along and they shot some footage and that footage was then sent to Steven Spielberg <laughs> and, they gave, and that was put into Jaws. So there you go. So parts of South Australian Ocean is in, is in Jaws. So you know, even if we don't try, we managed to get into some blockbuster films. But, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool while I was doing some research. I thought, no way. I, I never knew that. I just knew that doing the research. So I thought that was really, really cool. So um, Cut 2000, when it came out, I was 21 at the time, or probably 20, and then, well, Mark, uh, 20 when that, when, the, when, when that came out. So there was a lot of buzz around it. I went out and bought the CD. Uh, for it and I bought the DVD. I cannot find both to, to save my life. I've looked around everywhere for this. I've lent them and they're gone. Like, so that's the end of that. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try and hunt this around if I can purchase this. Uh, no, no deal. No deal. Um, very hard to grab now. Um, the only reason why I was able to watch this was I had um, Amazon Prime. Um, so Prime Video have got it as a streaming um, movie. So if you've got Prime, check it out. Just type in cut um, and it will come up in your thing. In YouTube, you've got to put cut brackets 2000. And in IMDb, you've got to put cut brackets 2000 because there's a lot of movies called cut. And yeah, so here's what it is. So this is why I wanted to, to review this one because this is this is the kind of hypey movie that I remember. Like I was one, it was a slasher movie. Two, it was it was like filmed in Adelaide. So I instantly I just felt like this is insane. And then they said Molly Ringwald's involved and Kylie Minogue was in it. And I just remember and I was like, you know, this is pretty, like early internet. Like so, I was trying to get as much info as I could about cut but just was really stoked and then finally went to go and see it and just really enjoyed it um 
it's 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 deemed as a comedy horror. It is a comedy horror. Uh, being an Australian film, it does take the piss out of itself. Like that's just how it is. But it's not over the top, tongue in cheek. Like it, there's there's some serious scary bits in there. There's some gory bits in there. Um, Aussie Aussie dialogue kind of being funny. That's that's in there as well. A really good young crew that went on. Some went on to do really big things in the movies. Um, Stephen Curry being one of them is, yeah, it went on to do the castle, um, and um, you know some other 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 Aussie kind of movies um, as well. Um, there's some South Australian actors and actresses that were involved in this film as well. So I'll mention them in the reviews too. Um, and yeah, and then I'm going to talk about um, also The Babadook, which is the more darker, sinister uh, horror movie that was filmed here in Adelaide. And I found that out by accident, that it was filmed here in Adelaide. I had no idea. I knew it was an Australian movie, but I didn't realise it was filmed here in Adelaide until one particular scene. And I'll get into that because it's a, a very unique object to Adelaide. And that came up. So visually, I was like, what the hell? Like, I recognised where, uh, where it was. And then I'll just do a mention for Cargo as well. Cool. So, <clears throat> Campbell Randall uh, directed um, Cut. Uh, he went on to, he was the assistant director for uh, uh, iRobot with Will Smith and also The Matrix Reloaded. And he was also the director for Bait, which was the, it was the one with the, there was the, um, wasn't, it was Crocs or Sharks in the supermarket, I can't for, I've just blanked now about it. Um, but yeah, anyway, people are in trouble could have sworn it was sharks. It's more than likely crocs. Anyway, like anyway, people are in a super. They're quite a bit deep shit. Like they're, they're in water and they're trying to survive. Uh, anyway, so I'll I'll, I'll digress. Um, so yeah, it's he did the, the direction for cut. The 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 rating for this out of ten is four. It's not the it's not the best score in the world, uh, and I'm not going to give it a massive high score either. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Um, it does, it's entertaining. It's not a horrible film, but at the same time, it's not the best horror film I've ever seen. It's It sits in between. It's, it's that uh, popcorn slasher, turn your brain off horror film. That's, that's exactly what it is. Um, the release date uh, it came out in February 2000 uh, so I went to go and see that at the cinema so that was a summer movie for us uh, in the US uh, it got uh, released very late but it didn't really like you won't be able to watch it now unless you've got Prime like it's, it's unfortunately just how it is like uh, for this so it's made it hard for me to say, hey, go go out and check it out because it's kind of a, it's a hard, you can get it on YouTube, but it's got a Tamil um, uh, dialect uh, in there. So if you want to just watch the movie and not really give a shit what people are saying, you can, you can watch it, but it's, 
but if you if you kind of you know if you care about your dialogue, I wouldn't suggest it watching it in that format. Um, but you can if you if you want to. Um, but yeah, like I said, Prime is the thing. I I thought I could get away with it by looking at a YouTube, and that's a no go. And it, I think it's pretty hard to kind of get it on a DVD in a VHS format. So is what it is. Um, yeah, so it's the premise of of Cut is it's it's a it's a movie within a movie, and funnily enough, both Cut and The Babadook, the underlying parallel between these two films is that it's art becoming real and then attacking like everybody. So, uh, Cut is a movie about a slasher in a movie that becomes the movie. And then gets released every time a movie is watched. So it's very... It's not the ring, but it's kind of almost in that same kind of premise. Where the... if you It's a, it's a haunted, kind of cursed movie. Videotape, whatever. The Babadook is a entity that comes out of an art book. And, and starts to create a menacing... Uh, attacking um, the uh, people that opened uh, opened this book and read from its pages and summoned it that way. So it's that's what I, I and it didn't dawn on me until I started. Uh, then I started watching the Bubba Dook and then I thought, well, hang on a minute. Like both these movies have that connection where it's um, you know the the connection of of art getting real and. and Terrorise the shit out of everyone. Uh, so, yeah, be careful of your art that you're looking at. Is, is basically what you what what you go and take away from that. Um, so, <clears throat> it's 1985 at the start of the film, and Molly Ringwald is in there. Her character name is I've blanked on it. Uh, Vanessa Turnbull. And uh, she, she's in. She's a young, young lady. It's nineteen eighty-five. It's her horror film kind of thing. And then the the movie stops, and you hear cut, and Kylie Minogue comes out, and she's the director. Pretty pissed off with the direction that the scene's going. Molly Ringwald's pissed off with a guy called Scarman uh, because he's stuffing up what he was supposed to do. And um, and so yeah, there's this tension on set. And then the movie, the, that kind of progresses offset and you see the Scarman director have a, have a showdown uh, over it. Um, and, yeah, that's how this kind of film becomes cursed. In the background, uh, there's a gentleman uh, in there with long hair and glasses. He then turns out to be the um, film lecturer that the two girls... Um, uh, Raffi and Hester want to recreate this movie again and so the film lecturer is basically saying don't go there, like it's it's bad news, it's a cursed movie it's, it's, it's a bad film don't muck around with it, like every time someone has attempted to do this film, they die so don't, whatever the two reasons why these people die, the first one is they get murdered, it's a bit full on the second one's a bit like, well, you know, I'm not going to say what happens, but that could happen to anyone. Like, it's a bit weird that they used, they went in that direction to say that that was the, 
the cautionary tale for not to do this movie. But it's uh, anyway. So the director was he's he's kind of older now. He's a film lecturer and he's kind of gone. Don't go there. And the moment he walks off, the girls go, "We're doing this movie." <laughs> like so, it's it's quite it was quite funny. Uh, just kind of like, yeah, 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 great story, bro. Like, and they just kind of went with the movie anyway. So, um, yeah, so the film starts. And so we get the half an hour of the character build-up between, you know, the dialogue between the characters, the love interests, that kind of stuff. And then half an hour into it, then they go to the location and they start <clears throat> filming the movie. And this invokes, summons the... Scarman and he starts knocking everyone off. So, and that's pretty much the movie. So that's that's it. There, um, I won't go into massive depth. Um, some of the kills are pretty unique uh, in this. Um, some, the film location for the mansion in this movie is um, Ray Ray Raywood House. It's at Bridgewater, which is in. It's in the um, uh, the Adelaide Hills uh, area, a suburb area up there. Um, the house itself used to be the childhood home of a uh, a member of parliament or ex member of parliament, uh, now retired. Um, and so that was that was interesting in that section that they filmed the there. Then they shot the movie in in like probably ninety nine two thousand. And then not long after that, a cult moved in. Uh, so they lived in this house for a few years and then the cult got found and disbanded or the cops raided, I can't remember. And now it's just a normal residential house. So it's got quite a quite an interesting history behind it. If you Google uh, Raywood House uh, Bridgewater, um, visually the house looks gorgeous. Like, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing house. Um... So that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, now it's a private residence, but it's it's the classic thing of if this if these walls could talk, um, it would there'd, there'd be some interesting stories kind of there. Um, but I just I thought it was not ha ha funny, but like you know unusual that straight after this horror film was made, a fucking cult moved in. Like I was just like wow. Um, so that that's a pretty interesting little factoid there. Uh, about the film so <clears throat> the molly molly ringwald there's there's some other great little kind of um from someone from adelaide watching the movie you're gonna you're gonna have a bit of a laugh and the the main one would be the adelaide international airport scene where molly ringwald she's just talking to her agent played by um Mr. Blackwell, I, I forgot his first name. I'll refer to him as Mr. Blackwell. The late Mr. Blackwell, he did pass away in 2019. He's been in a few um, Australian horror movie, um, sorry, Australian films. Um, uh, he was in Red Dog uh, as well. And uh, yeah, unfortunately he passed away in 2019, but he plays the agent for um, Molly Ringwald. Quite a humorous scene. Um, he does a pretty decent American accent and uh, What's funny about the two scenes is one that it's got Hollywood Hills like, uh, and it's Wally Ringwald in a house or, or a backyard, whatever. And there's a balcony and there's this kind of 
scenery in the back. Now, an Adelaidean will go, that's Adelaide, like straight off the bat. You can, you can interest at the flat, like plain, the suburban houses and stuff, you can recognise them straight off. Um, and then there's this abundant use of plants and statues in this one corner where it's really overly populated with ornaments in this one corner. And I tweaked because that if the camera was filming Molly Ringwald behind her would be the Adelaide skyline. And at that time, it's not like it is now where there's a few more taller buildings. Back in 2000, the only tall building was the State Bank building, which is now the Westpac building. And it's this giant column double story thing. And that's it. That was our only kind of skyscraper that we had in the city. Uh, so it's like small building, small building, skyscraper, small building, small building. And um, yeah, so they kind of piled all this stuff in the set to block the uh, the skyline, which I, which uh, the Adelaide skyline, which I thought was quite funny and uh, clever, like how they did it. Like I've, I've, I was, it was clever how they did it. Like they put palm trees like in the thing and kind of Hollywood it up a bit and uh, I thought that was cute. I thought it was well done. Like, you know, it was good. It made me have a bit of a chuckle. And then um, at the, that scene before it cuts to the Adelaide International Airport, which is the other bit that made me laugh again out loud, uh, was um, the agent goes, oh, yeah, by the way, you're going economy. Well, cattle, what, what is she with? Uh, coach, that's right. She goes, what? Like she goes, oh, I'm going to I'm going to Australia, and and he goes, oh yeah, coach, and he goes, which is basically economy, and and you see her walk out, so you see Molly Ringwald, like it's Molly Ringwald, but you 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 see Molly Ringwald walk out of the Adelaide International Terminal, and back in 2000, it's not like it was now, which is like high tech, well done, whatever. We were still country banging it back in <laughs> back in 2000, and a lot of international people that would land in Adelaide would go and she had the biggest WTF face I've, I've ever seen and I, I couldn't tell whether she was actually acting or she was serious like like it was that, that's the thing that made me laugh because I thought you know most people had that W2F when they rocked up for Adelaide for the first time I had rallies overseas come in and go oh, like because they had to walk on the tarmac and and uh, you walk out, and it's it's got that 70s kind of late 70s, like 80s decor still, like the silver sliding doors and stuff. You, you walk out, and it's just nostalgia street. You're like, oh, my God. And she walks out, and the only thing she's got is, like, this empty car park. Um, and she's looking to the right, and then, then there's Adelaide International Airport on one of the signs. And it's got like, like I said, it's very 70s, 80s kind of architecture. And uh, then Rafi and um, and the girl has to go to pick her up. And they pick her up in, a, in an old bashed up Datsun. And uh, I, I was laughing at that because my mate's got the same station wagon. Because I just thought, oh my God. And she had this like, like, like I said, this WTF. One, she's like walking in going... This is a country town. This is not even a country town. Like, what the hell is this? Like, and everyone had that that gobsmacked look on their face when they they rocked up for real at the Adelaide airport back in the day. And then, like Molly Ringwald had the same face. 
and that's what cracked me up because I thought, is she acting this or is she legitimately gone? What the fuck is this? Like, and then the Datsun pulls up, and, and she just again with the what the fuck face, and I was I was just oh it was it was, it was too good. I, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, so, and you can kind of tell. Uh, Molly was a bit tongue in cheek with this as well. Like she was having fun with this and was kind of uh, taking the piss out of herself because, like, she, she was kind of, you know, like on the on the '80s superstar kind of rocking up, and and they just, yeah, here you go, get in the back of the dats and like it's just, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's it's very Aussie. And uh, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, you, you're going to get in the back of the Datsun. Like, it's, it's going to happen. Stiff shit. Suck it up. Um, we don't care who you are. So, yeah, it was that, that I thought was quite cute uh, in the film and made me laugh. It was quite well done. And um, so once... Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, there's there's some bits in and out of Adelaide that you'll recognise. You'll recognise Port Adelaide. There's a scene where all the cast and crew are getting into a bus and move to the location, and you see certain landmarks around Port Adelaide that were in the in the scene. Um, and uh, yeah, and then you, there's a cafe scene that was done at the Continental Cafe. That's not around anymore. That was on East Terrace. That's closed. Um, now, I, for some reason, I actually thought it was a cafe in Nord where I grew up, one of the local suburbs off from me, uh, but it actually wasn't. But I don't know. I just. But there was one scene where they do drive through Nord. You could recognise the town hall um, clock, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's. I think. I think American viewers kind of they get used to seeing films in America. Right, and especially if you grow up in LA, you see this stuff all the time. Like you just see LA nonstop all the time. But for us, you know, in Adelaide, and suddenly there's an Adelaide movie, or and they're not hiding the fact that they're filming in Adelaide. That's the other thing as well. Um, then it's a bit of a kick. Like you get a kick out of it. You're like, oh, this is this is good. And that's why I like Cut because it was a massive kick out of it because you you recognise places. They weren't hiding. That they were filming it in Adelaide, um, so uh, yeah, that was that was that was pretty good. So once they get to the house, um, they they start filming, and that's when, in in the process of doing that, they summon the Scar Man and he starts hacking people, and then it's like this kind of uh, you know last dance amongst the the cast and crew. Uh, to fight this uh, this entity off, and then the the way they do that is unique in itself as well. I haven't seen that personally. If you're watching this and you have seen a film with a similar ending to that, you know, feel free to jump in. And you have seen cut, so you know what I'm talking about. Then yeah, you can say no, I've seen it in this movie. I don't want to spoil it, so I won't say how the film ends. But how they end it is pretty interesting. Uh, how they do that, that was pretty good, um, and yeah, so that was cool. The actress involved in this that I want to talk about is is Dr. Kathy. Now, her last name I can't really pronounce too well. It's Adamek, and I do apologise if that's incorrect. So I will refer to her as Dr. Kathy from now on, but she plays... Um, Julie Bardot, 
Uh, she's the makeup um, girl in the movie. Um, the reason why I refer to her is because she also has an appearance in the Babadook at the end. Uh, and she is also the director of movement for uh, um, the zombies and stuff in Cargo. So she's connected to all three movies, which is uh, which is thing. She does. Uh, she's got a PhD. She's uh, done lectures and stuff with the uh, University of Adelaide, um, and yeah, just a local actress that was that was you know twenty something back in the day in in cut, and is now progressed on and done amazing, and especially with um, with Cargo. When I was researching to see what role she had in Cargo, and I saw her as the director of movement, I thought that was interesting because when you when you look at the movie Cargo, um, it's a tense movie. It's an unusual. Let's talk about Cargo, right? Um, it's the horrible mention for Adelaide Horror Podcast. So it's Cargo twenty seventeen. Definitely check it out. Like definitely check it out because this is this is kind of where. Um, where zombie movies kind of started to peel off and get creative because it got to the exhaustion point. I'm not blaming The Walking Dead for that, but there was a period of time where it was zombie, 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 zombie. Like, you know, and then the B-grade zombie movie industry just was like a kid on bloody red cordial and they were pumping out zombie movies left front and center and they were pretty shit like <laughs> they were just yeah hard to watch um or you'll watch halfway through i literally lasted a minute and 20 seconds into one zombie film i started watching it the actor turned around and went blah and it was so shit like that i just went nah i'd literally wage quit in the middle of a zombie which is just unheard of like and i just went that's my kid agreeing with me how shit that was. Like, there was... Uh, she was one, and she thinks that zombie movie is shit. Uh, so, the... the um, uh, yeah, I was just like, that is horrendous. Like, and I, I started reading various articles, and they were talking about, if we don't back off, we're going to end up wrecking the zombie um, genre too. We're going to over-tap it like they did with, with vampires. Um, and, and I was getting a bit concerned about it as well because I really like the zombie, the, the zombie genre, uh, and I was getting pretty worried because I thought, oh God, if they, we hadn't had zombies for such a long time and then they started introducing ghouls into the mix, which was fantastic because I'm, as, as a kid, I was massively into ghouls, like, and then, um, it kind of, they were just weird shit, like with zombie stuff. And I was like, oh, God. And there was this pull-off. Suddenly, everyone just started pulling away from the sun. Like, they kind of realised, shit, we're flying a bit too close. And they backed off, and they started to get creative with the zombie genre. So, the main uh, drivers of this were the South Koreans. Because they came out with Kingdom, and they came out with Hashtag Alive, which is on Netflix, and holy moly, those zombies terrified the shit out of me. Like, and someone said it in a quote, 
like in a mem. If we get if we get South Korean zombies, we're fucked. Like, and I was like, I couldn't agree more. Like, because they are horrendously horrifying. Like the cracking when they stand up and how they do the head movement. So the point I'm trying to get to, because I'm waffling again. Dr. Kathy, she's the director of movement. So when you can tell she's gone in and has looked at just the, and I'm not going to spoil how the zombies behave in this movie, but if she created this movement, fantastic. Like, good on you, Dr. Kathy. Just superb, superb. Like, when I saw it, I was like, so what now? And then the zombies were doing their thing, and I was like, shit, that, that, is, that is, like, over here, like, you know, zombie stuff, and it was really well done, very creative, and, and sinister as well, and, and if, if, mate, well done, Dr. Kathy, on that one, well done, so, you know, she's, like I said, she's done some great beginnings, she was in Cut, and she moved through, um, she's done, you know, short films and stuff, so it was pretty good to see um, South Australians in this film. So, um, Kathy, and the next person um, I'm going to mention is uh, Jeff Ravel. Now, Jeff Ravel is another actor from Adelaide. Um, he he is the film lecturer in the, in the movie, um, uh, Mr. Lothman. He, he's the one that's saying, look, girls, don't touch this film, blah, 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 because he's the guy in the background next to Colin Minogue in 1985 with the long hair and the glasses, like, as the as the film crew guy where all this shit kind of kicks off. And he's just trying to tell her not to think. So this guy's a local actor. He's done a lot of theatre. Um, he's, he's done a few movies. And so it was good to see. So there's three uh, South Australian uh, actors and actresses involved. Uh, in this movie, which is which is really really good. So, um, like I, I'll move on. I'm gonna now talk about the Babadook. Now, <clears throat> well, what can I say? The I've I've been very interested in watching reviews about the Babadook from people that are overseas, and what their interpretation of of this this film is because. Uh, the the Babadook, it took me by surprise. It was one movie and it became something else, and which which is why I'm highly impressed about this film. The South Australian discovery is is the thing because I was watching. Yeah, they've got Australian cars that I recognise. You know, we've got Audis and 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 you know other European cars and all that kind of stuff. And um. She was describing this distinct station wagon. That's that's an Australian. It's a, it's Mitsubishi. It's a, it's an Australian station wagon. But the thing that jumped out that it was Adelaide, and I went, "Whoa!" Was our electricity pole. Now I had to kind of ex stop then to think about what it was. Electricity pole. People from Adelaide referred to it as a stovey pole, and no one interstate like it's none of the electricity poles interstate designed how we had it our design now is somewhat changed but back then you know in other in other suburbs i'm assuming they're still around it's it's metal concrete in the middle and metal on the edges like that 
Um, and so, like I said, we referred to it as Stove Pop. So there's a particular scene. I wasn't really focusing on the background. There's a scene where she pulls over and you see the car and there's the stovey pole. And I just went, holy shit, this is Adelaide. Like, because I didn't realise it was it was filmed in Adelaide. I just knew it was an Australian horror film, but didn't know it was in Adelaide. So I was like, holy crap, like, this is amazing. Um, and uh, it, it proceeded to get my interest uh, even more. Like, you know, um, so I thought, no, definitely, definitely reviewing this for an Adelaide episode, like, for sure. And so that's why the Babadook made the grade today uh, for the Adelaide um, Horror Podcast um, episode. So, and then they freaked me out even harder because I thought, great, the Bubba Dooks in Adelaide, I'm never sleeping again. Like, fantastic. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so I was just like, I really hope, you know, uh, this was, I mentioned it a couple episodes back. This, this one gave me the delayed nightmare. Like, most, most, most horror films I'll watch and I'll watch something funny before going to bed and I'm good, like it cancels it, like I don't dwell about it, or I don't think about it afterwards, or I walk down a dark corridor and suddenly I'm reliving that movie again, I don't usually have that problem, I used to have it when I was younger, now, I don't know, 40, probably got a lot more shit on my mind, and so I'm just like, I'm not really worried about a monster jumping out of the cupboard, I'm worried about the bill coming in, or, you know, uh, my health or, you know, other stuff, my kid, you know, your you, you, you kind of priorities change. So um, I was a good four days and then I had a full-blown fucking Baba Duke nightmare and I was <laughs> just wake up, just going, fuck this movie, like, holy shit. It just came out of nowhere. It just scared the bejesus out of me. And I scared the bejesus out of myself, like, because in the movie... Uh, in the dream, which is like a fucking movie, like when I had to have a dream, um, the the reality of suddenly the, the corridor spun down like away from me, it was extending and it was all black and white and, and then you could hear this bar bar dog and I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I woke up literally going <clears throat> like, like, and I just, I remember getting up and walking through the house thinking, uh, is this some of itch in my house? Like, like, have I got the Babadook in my house now? Like, this is the problem when you film a horror film in Adelaide. It gets a bit too close. Like, you know, so I was, I was, I was kind of flipping out a little bit and walking around and no shit, just going room to room, like checking for the Babadook. Like, I was just like, it was, it was crazy. Grown ass man, freaked out. Like, it's, and then I came back and I, I sat back down on my bed. And I thought about it, and I went, fucking well done. Like, you know, if this movie could have that kind of effect on, on somebody four days after, like, that's, that's, they've done their job, you know, like, well done. So that was, that was pretty good. Um, I have a laugh about it now. Back then, I was shit my pants, but, like, I was, <laughs> I was freaked out. Um, but, you know, I, I got there, I got over it, so that, that was good. I haven't had any uh, Bubba Duck nightmares after that, so that's that's good. Um, it's interesting now, I've seen the Bubba Duck probably four times. It still gives me the freaking creeps, though. Like, I saw a still picture 
of this morning Babadook image and the hairs on the back of my head still stood up. Back of my head. The back of my neck. Like, you know, where I got hair. Um, just, I just got the tingles. I was just like, oh, like, so it's, it's still a visually, uh, empowering movie in that sense. So cool. We'll get into the Babadook. Okay. So the Babadook, um, 2014 directed by Jennifer Kent. Uh, Jennifer is a Queenslander and she also was the director for Nightingale and Monster um, and also another film called Dogville, where she was additional crew uh, on that. She's done uh, TV shows, All Saints, uh, which is medical um, drama uh, in Australia. And, and also, uh, she was the lab lady in Babe Pig in the City. Uh, really great TV. 96, she was uh, in two episodes of Police Rescue, which is uh, another really good show that I used to watch. Uh, it was really, really good. Uh, the New Adventures of Black Beauty and uh, late, early 90s, A Country Practice. So that's, uh, you know, she's she's got some really good credits. Anyway, she's she's the uh, director for The Babadook and did a phenomenal job in uh, directing the the actors and actresses uh, to portray this, this story in, in different layers and just the... How I'd describe this movie is that it's just like this ticking thing that unravels as it's as it's ticking. So every time there's a tick, it unravels a bit more and unravels a bit more, and you can almost hear this this movie unraveling. Like the story unravels, it gets way more suspenseful. It really builds up tension. It just ramps every time. There's no break. Like it's a slow, gradual build up of tension uh, right till the end. And you're almost at, you know, um, you're almost peaking alongside the, the main actress. So, um, the main actress is, um, the character's name is Amelia. Uh, she has a son named Samuel. So, played by Elsie Davis. Now, Elsie Davis, you'd know her from Mrs. Fisher, the TV show uh, Mysteries. Uh, she was also in the uh, TV show about the true events of the Ned Kelly gang. Um, and also, just excuse me, because I'm double-checking, I, uh, and Assassin's Creed, that's right, uh, she was, um, Carl's mum in Assassin's Creed. So, <clears throat> her portrayal as this single mum that's, um, a survivor of a car accident, her husband died. Now, she was pregnant at the time on the way to hospital to deliver Samuel. So she, this is my kind of understanding of, of the scenario, because it's complex, right? Is, I feel this movie, the Bubba Dook is, is, is a menacing entity that gets summoned out of this book. But at the same time, it's almost the, it's, uh, her depression in physical form and, and it's come it, it's a creature that torments her non-stop um, and it's it's kind of that's how she's dealing with what's going on Samuel is a young boy played by Noah Wiseman 
I've heard a lot of people when they review to about the um, the Babadook that this kid was a massive pain in the ass. Like, and <clears throat> the kid wasn't a pain in the ass. Uh, Noah was a fantastic actor. Like, he he portrayed this kid that this is a small boy who's got this ball and chain around his he's got like he's too little to understand but we can turn around and say he's got survivor's guilt right but he he's just got this ball and chain and he and he throws it into conversation my dad died on the day that i was born that's why i can't have a birthday like you know the sister who's um of amelia who's clear played by Haley mckinley just doesn't get it like she's just she's She's stressing out, saying, you know, your behaviour isn't normal for the kid, blah, 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 but at the same time is being a bit of a bitch. And, like, she's, Amelia's just trying to do the best she can with the shit sandwich that she got um, and isn't doing well, isn't coping well. You know, there's people around her that empathise with her, that want to, <clears throat> that want to help her. Some generally want to help her, some are doing it for their own needs. And what I mean by that is Robbie's character, played by uh, Daniel Henshaw, um, great actor as well. Uh, he, he was in a, another film set in South Australia, but that was based on uh, true life uh, serial killings that occurred. And some bodies were put in a barrel in a, in a place called, um, oh God, um, Snow Hill. As if freaking I blanked, almost blanked, and the movie's called Snowtown. How stupid is that? Anyway, it's that's a bit of a hot potato, so I'm not I'm not gonna go with that. But he plays one of the serial killers, and in real life they're serving their time. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, it is quite a complex, controversial topic, so I'm just gonna leave that where that is and move on. But the that was. It's not a horror movie. It's real life horror. It's true horror, um, true crime, true horror kind of thing uh, that happened in Adelaide. Um, and I'll leave it at that. He plays one of the serial killers, and he did a phenomenal job as an actor. Well done. In this movie, he plays Robbie, who's the co-worker for Amelia. Um, Amelia kind of works in a nursing home um, and uh, as a carer. And um, speaking from experience, it's a hard job as well. It's very emotional. And when you have this happening in her life with her kid and her husband, late husband and all this kind of stuff, it is just emotionally draining um, and very taxing on her uh, and will mentally break anybody. He seems genuine, is kind of the Lund interest, but I I just kind of felt like he wanted to get in her pants, and he was he was kind of doing the sympathetic thing to do that. That's kind of how I interpret it. Could be wrong, but that's how I interpret it. So he's one level of someone trying to show empathy and supporting her. The other aspect, however, is... The, um, is Mrs. Roach, who's the neighbour of uh, Amelia and Sammy. Lovely old lady. 
phenomenal actress. She's been around since the nineteen fifty five, like when my mum was born. So you know, that's that's a pretty decent film credit. Um, she's been on most of the popular TV shows throughout the sixties and seventies. Uh, she was in Breaker Morant in the eighties, which is a a, um, uh, a biographical movie about um, an Australian character. Um, there, so she was in that movie as well. So she's got quite a good film record behind her, and so and her name is Barbara West. Her character, Mrs. Roach, she's genuinely gives a shit. Like she, and you can, what I got from Mrs. Roach is that she's she's been there. Like it's almost like she she doesn't have to say it. It's just how she's got that old lady. Like I know, darling, are you are you okay? And then when they walk off, they always kind of the camera always seems to kind of paint to her. And she does that sympathising, mm, I know, darling, I know, dear, I understand. Like, she, she gets it, kind of thing. Um, what I can interpret is maybe a similar situation happened to her. Like, I don't know if she lost her husband or... You know if she's got any kids or you know like but she's she's just been you could tell she's had the same experience and so she gives that empathy to her all the time and has got a lot of patience for Samuel and you know whatever and Samuel's just trying to process being a kid trying to protect his mum um, you know terrified that he's going to lose his mum as well so there's that kind of uh, thing over this kid's dealing with a lot of shit, like, and it is really, like, some heavy stuff for a kid to have to tackle, and I think for an adult, they're gonna, like, his mum is an adult, and she's struggling with that, this is a young kid trying to do it, so he's diving into magic, he's, you know, he's, you know, putting his dad's clothes up, so it looks like his dad's still alive, kind of thing, and, and all this kind of stuff, so he's heavily... Um, uh, trying to um, deal with his own way. Now, he's been raised to think that he can't celebrate his birthday because that's the day that his dad died. And that's some pretty heavy shit to put on a kid. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at with, with these guys, with the main characters anyway. So, of course, he's getting in trouble at school and, you know, they're struggling and, you know, you see the people... It's just one kick in the guts after another for Amelia, just non-stop. Like, it's just one hit, and then she's trying to recover from that, and then bang, another hit, and then trying to recover from that. And she hasn't even opened up the Bubbledook book yet. Like, so you're, you're thinking, shit, like... So when she actually just sits down, like, in this thing that's completely innocent, this... this this scene, it really, I just kind of thought to myself, it was like, holy shit, if she didn't pick up this book, right, you know, I'm not going to say she had a good life, but that would be like 99 problems, and the Bubba Dook book is one, like, you know, like, she, she just added to it, this is now the hundredth problem, that's now taken over the house, like, and her life, and just trying to freaking kill her, like, so... It's gone really full on. So she um, she goes. She adds to the to sits down, 
and starts reading the thing and inadvertently ends up summoning this Babadook thing, right? Because, and <clears throat> so this is where the movie turns. And like I said, it's a movie that goes one way and it goes the other. You think it's going to go, you know, where it is. My, yeah. And then this is where the slow introduction to the the Babadook comes into this, and this is where it kind of gets a bit freaky. All right. The thing that I didn't notice, and it's like the good third viewing that I realised as well. Pay attention to the colour dynamic in this in this thing, the house and the police station when she goes to report it, and even how the cops look. You know. There's this, this discoloration, like uh, the, the everyone they don't look right, like the colours off, and I, I was, I didn't really twig, and it, like it was, like I said, it was like the third view in. I went, is that purple? Like, and and it was just it started to, and it's almost like it took on the colours inside the book, like, and then she was in the book. And I was thinking, holy shit, hang on a minute. So, just something to consider, like when you, as the as the movie progresses on, and then eventually there's the showdown with with the Babadook, so, um, and, and the menacing kind of thing. Um, there's going to be some triggers at this point. There's two. And like I said, with, if you've heard some of the other episodes... Kids and animals in a horror film getting hurt or killed or put in peril, it's a bit of a trigger for me, and I struggle through that. I have to really push myself to keep watching, and if it's too full on, I just don't watch the movie at all. Um, that, that's my barrier. That's where I stop. That's that's where I tap out. Um, there's a scene... Okay, I'll tackle the dog. Um, you got the trigger warning about the dog. Right, they go there. You kind of know it's going to happen before it happens. So that's kind of a blessing because you can skip 15 seconds. You don't have to see it. If that doesn't bother you, watch it through, no problem. I don't like it, so I skip through it and that's that. Um, the other I'm going to talk about is the potential wanting to harm a child. Like, and... and actively hunting to do that um that may really disturb people and this film goes there uh in a in a in a big way so if you're and i was uncomfortable through that whole bit that's where you kind of give a nod to the director because she wanted and, and for Elsie Davis as well, to that performance, to not make you feel good, like to make you very uncomfortable, outright terrified for the kid. Uh, they do that. Um, so that's where the Babadook goes. Like this is kind of a different level of horror. This isn't the boo, the, the scary monster in the cupboard. This is potentially a loved one being the monster and and that's where that's a different level of scary altogether 
So that's just something to keep in mind. <clears throat> um, then you've got the, the end of the film. I won't talk about the end of the film. I won't spoil the end of the film. The film ends in a pretty decent, unique way. And I really thought that was good. Um, and it got me thinking. And, and like I said, this movie, after I stopped the movie, it had me thinking about it afterwards. And not that it terrified me and I couldn't go to sleep, even though it gave me a delayed four-day nightmare. Like, after, on the fourth day, it came back and scared the crap out of me. It made me think about what really the meaning of this movie is. And I think it's, it's, it's really dealing with mental health. Like, it, it's... it's it's when you people have the black dog, um, and it's just the Bubba Dook is that black dog, like for for Amelia, um, and then it goes after the kid. It it's um, and it and it tries to um, um, get to her by trying to harm Samuel, um, and and yeah, that's that was a pretty. Once I got to that conclusion, I, that was pretty powerful, and I was like, "Wow, it's it's a it's a horror film that really makes you think about it." Um, and uh, yeah, it's so um, there's numbers. If you're watching this, there is numbers for you to ring. Uh, if you're dealing with depression or anxiety, um, and it's and it's getting to you, or you know someone that's struggling with that, um, please look up the numbers in your local area um, to do that. Uh, in Australia, we've got Beyond Blue. Um, please don't hesitate to ring those numbers and get the help you need and the support you need. Um, and it's more important to have someone just listen to you while you while you talk about these things rather than talk at you about what you should be doing. So please do that. Um, I'm offering that too. If you want to write to me, yeah, and you don't know who to talk to, but you just want someone to listen or whatever, uh, it's private and confidential, that's fine. I can do that as well. But if not, um, yeah, please ring those numbers. If you're overseas, look up your numbers that you would be uh, on Google and they will, have, they will come up with your numbers that you would need to ring. Um, yeah, so that's, <clears throat> don't know if that was intentional for the Babadook, but that's kind of what I took from it, uh, and what I interpreted, like, what the Babadook was trying to, uh, what was trying to do, and try to highlight, um, as well. It was a real struggle, one woman struggle that ended up jeopardising and, and putting her son in harm's way, um, unintentionally as well it's not like you know um like i said she had a hundred problems before this came up um so uh yeah that's what really impressed me about the bubba dook uh why it's not just your run-of-the-mill horror film uh, and that's the buzzer um <laughs> So the horrible mention is 2017 Cargo, um, and that's uh, a zombie film filmed uh, around the uh, Adelaide um, Hills area um, and also along the Murray River as well. And that's what makes it a unique um, 
zombie film. We've got the thing that I really dug about that movie was um, the indigenous actors involved in this and then indigenous communities and how they fought the the zombie um, menace, uh, how they go traditional, like um, uh, with weaponry and uh, and stuff like that. And I thought that was that was really uh, impressive, and um, I really I really dug that movie. I thought that was really really good. The reason why I'm not covering that is because it's I've folded into the zombie stuff. So I've kind of I'm not covering that, but that's why I thought it would be a horrible mention for the Adelaide because it's from Adelaide. So yeah, cool. So with that, that is the uh, episode 16 uh, of uh, the Adelaide Horror Podcast, the one year anniversary special. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for uh, uh, the people that have been writing to me. Uh, on Messenger and stuff like that, giving me support and uh, just chatting about films and um, or leaving comments on the YouTube channel. That's really great. Um, uh, the uh, the people that have helped with artwork and uh, just going out and interviewing people as well. I really enjoy doing that. I've got a few people that I have lined uh, lined up and um, uh, that I'm going to be interviewing throughout the year. So that's going to be good as well. Um, I've chalked out a whole bunch of films to review uh, as well for this year, so that's good. I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, I, like I said, I'm no Joe Rogan, but I'm kind of getting into the podcasting side of it as well. Um, and uh, so the Spotify and Stitcher episodes have gone up of this episode 16 um, as well. Uh, it's a bit longer. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't go into crazy depth. I didn't want to spoil too much. Um, I really want to encourage people to go out and check it out, uh, without talking about it. But like I said, because of the availability issues with, with cut, I'm more than happy to, if you write to me, I'm happy to talk to you about it and tell you what happened. But, um, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, yeah, so I've got a few things lined up for this year, which is great. Um, Again, thank you for the support. I appreciate some of the likes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, thank you for being patient with me while I've been learning the podcasting process and the and the vlogging uh, process as well. Um, so the YouTube channel, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I have been enjoying doing it. Um, yeah, so... So thank you very much. I, I appreciate it, and it's, it's really good. So thank you. Um, the other idea I am tossing out, and I'm kind of putting it out there now, is to possibly have a co-host for the show. I'd, I'd rather have someone next to me here rather than me and this potato head going blah, blah, blah about movies. Uh, I'd, so if you mad keen on the horror films and yeah and like i said adelaide we could kind of move around a bit more um at the moment with the situation so um yeah uh just uh, drop us a line see if you're interested in and in doing a co-host just to bounce off ideas uh for films um and just uh just someone else you know um yeah but you know, um i can't keep having my friend Talora come in and paint me up 
<laughs> time as a zombie, so it's only on special occasions uh, that uh, I'm going to be Zombie Joe in the flesh. Uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be good. So yeah, contact me that way if you're keen on on doing that. Um, or like I said, if you're a local artist in the horror, uh, doing covering something in the horror genre, and you're from Adelaide, give me a bell. If you know anybody. Uh, let them know, and I'll be happy to interview them as well. Um, that'll be good. And stay, stay scary, and I'll see you in the crib.